Okay then, all right guys, welcome to The Good Podcast. I am your host, Rob Watson, and in today's episode, I'm speaking with Andrew and Emma from Miscellaneous Adventures. They currently live in the Lake District, where they work in the woods, make things, take photos, and enjoy adventures big and small in the surrounding mountains, lakes, and valleys with their young son, Benji. For 11 years, they lived in a small barn in the woods in Sussex, where they discovered a new way of living and developed a deeper relationship with nature that inspires all the many strands of the work they do. So I'm very much looking forward to this conversation, something I'm very much interested in, and I know plenty of my guests are as well. So firstly, Andrew and Emma, thank you for chatting with me today. Yeah, thanks for having us. So what first kind of inspired you to, you know, live closer to nature? Was there a particular trigger point that happened where you just thought, you know, um, yeah, we just wanted to live closer or just move away from the corporate world in some ways? Um, To be honest, I guess it was a bit of an accident, really, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, before we got into this sort of stuff, we were both graphic designers, um, which I know you are as well. But um, we... Uh, we're just looking for a nice place to to have a a, a workspace really weren't we yes um, yeah we, we'd just come back from a bit of traveling and yeah. we were living with Andrew's parents and we need, we were yeah just looking for somewhere um to, to rent um and we accidentally found a little barn in the woods that mm. was available um and yeah long story short we ended up living there and didn't realize it was going to change the trajectory of our lives not as much really as it did. yeah yeah so it started we were sort of quite naive i suppose so yeah we started off um yeah as graphic designers and then we moved into this place um and yeah we ended up getting sort of involved with some of the work that was going on on the land there and just living closer to nature sort of yeah we ended up um I suppose that side of things just started to take over a little bit, yeah, really. It was... So it was, yeah, it's very accidental thing. I think like both of us, we've always been sort of outdoorsy people. So that there's always been a sort of connection to nature, but it's, I guess, like fairly superficial. Well, we've been living in cities a lot and we just thought it'd be nice to live in the countryside. Already. Yeah, just something, something different. Yeah. But yeah, it turned into something a lot more than that, that for us, definitely. We were really lucky to find this place that we, that we lived um so it was in a woodland um and the people that were the, our landlords then they had built this barn that we lived in uh, and they were really knowledgeable about the woods and about making things and they just started to sort of impart knowledge didn't they just share bits and yeah. pieces with us and um yeah i think very quickly we realized how little we knew about nature uh, and about the landscape and that just sort of sent us off on a bit of a journey really of discovery mm-hmm. just we just wanted to find out a lot more about it and um so yeah that's what that's what started us off really just uh an accident an accidental um, move yeah. yeah i think at the same time we were we were really into we were getting into hiking and stuff a lot more um and we also went to sweden at around the same time so we did a hike in the north of sweden in lapland and that was like our first taste of of proper of nature like on a wilderness scale i suppose uh, and so those two things kind of combined i think to just um they just shifted the way that we thought about nature really and our place in it and uh yeah and that was kind of the start of the journey really did you notice a big difference in yourselves after being in the woods and what what kind of changes did you notice God, yeah. I think 
it's changed us completely, hasn't it? I think. Yeah, I think that hike in Sweden shifted something quite fundamental in both of us that we weren't expecting to get from from that experience. And then we came home with that feeling to the woods and we realised we lived in a place that we could carry on with that or, or, or keep that feeling going, keep that connection going. Um, and I think that's, I guess that's what Andrew's saying, like those two things combined, yeah, changed us hugely, didn't it? Yeah, I think it shifted our sense of what was important yeah. for us. So I think up until then we'd been um maybe sort of um like more interested in material things you know that was sort of how we how we valued things a little bit i suppose especially coming from a design background we were just sort of interested in things that that looked nice and and nice products and things like that and then that shifted very quickly after that experience or after those two experiences so i just think it yeah it just shifted our way of thinking about that side of things mm. um yeah, we became a lot more just satisfied, I suppose, with just spending time outdoors. With and it made us like simplify our lives a little bit. I think that's that's what it that's how it how it made us feel like we wanted to simplify everything. I think that experience in Sweden, we had so little with us. You know, we we hiked for five days and all we had was our rucksacks with with barely, you know, anything. And I think we felt so sort of free mm. and uh yeah, that simplicity just, it just, there was like a weight lifted, I suppose. And then coming back to the woods, I suppose that there we were able to kind of continue to have this sort of simple life. Um, yeah, so it's that sort of simplicity and, and freedom that I suppose yeah. we, we got from it. Uh, it's quite hard to explain. But then from there, I suppose we got into like learning a lot about the woods and about interactions between different species and then how we fit into that whole system as well and then we started actually working in the woods so doing a lot of tree work um, and actually getting actively involved in managing the land and seeing like what our impact was on the land and then yeah that sort of just changes your way about how you think about your place in the whole of nature and then in the whole of the universe really so yeah it's it's a pretty sort of epic journey <laughs> it sounds awesome it makes me think about um it's almost like we have to go on a bit of an, an unlearning process because mm, absolutely yeah the way we're brought up we're brought up in this material world and mm. conditioned to believe what what does a picture of success look like mm. it's the cars it's the house it's the holidays it's the material you know it's all those things and um and then you can get a taste for it and go, actually, this isn't what I was sold. You know, this doesn't feel right. Um, so it becomes like this unpicking of of our way of being and getting back to, you know, you said that sounds amazing being up in Sweden. I've been up to North Sweden myself to a place called Lulia um, in the winter. And yeah. Does it, re it, it has this reset for you and you just, mm. yeah, just that space in nature and stargazing and just being away. You just think, wow, this is this is what it's all about really uh, yeah it's like it, it, it's living at its most basic isn't it so uh, yeah I think it, it's a very raw way of living I think pure, so it yeah. puts you in touch with with who you are and, and what you are I suppose as a 
as a living thing. So, and it is yeah. quite difficult to live like that when you come back to the real world. Like, you know, I, you still have to work and, and pay the bills and things like that. So it's yeah. a way it's finding a balance between keeping that going, but also functioning in society. It's not. Yeah, you can't just give it up completely. No. Yeah, it's as much as you'd like to. You know, you yeah. still have to... We still have to pay the rent and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that's that's an ongoing challenge for us is like how you balance that mm. that desire for simplicity, but staying part of the system enough mm. that you you know you still have to yeah have a job and or at least pay the bills and yeah. drive a car. So yeah, I'd like to leave all that behind, but it's <laughs> uh yeah it's hard to do that. Yeah, unless you've got some sugar daddy somewhere who's just going to... Yeah, exactly, yeah, which we definitely don't. No, <laughs> um, no, it, it's, no it's, it's it's true. And I think it's just like I'm very much into minimalism and simplifying my life and I've done for quite many years. Sometimes it's a challenge because you can sometimes get pulled back in. Um, mm. But it's almost thinking, well, okay, you can still have a job that you enjoy. You can still have something that you're passionate about, contributing in some way or pay our taxes and et cetera, um, but not buying into all the other stuff. Don't need a new yeah. car. You know, don't yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what we that's what we learned, wasn't it? Yeah. I think we, we learned that we could we could get by on um, on a lot less. Yeah. Uh, and be happier actually the less that we had. I think that was yeah. nice. That was kind of freeing. Kind of quite freeing. Yeah. And I suppose that's how I got into doing the work that I do now as well. So you know, now I work in in the woods and work in conservation and work with trees and. Um, and that means I get to be outside all the time, you know, so my job is something that, that I like, like I get to spend time in nature as part of my, as part of my work. So yeah, I still, I still have got the job, but I've been lucky enough to, to find a job doing something that I like. So that's, yeah, that's been really good. What about this challenges in terms of making that shift? Um, obviously I know how it can be. And when we look at stuff online or we look on Instagram and we see, we see the best versions of stuff, don't we really? You know, we see the best photos, we see the best stuff, but it's, you know, it's going to be a transition, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'm thinking what kind of advice you might give to someone who is looking, and maybe this is advice for me because I've been on a computer for 20 odd years and we touched on before we started, been converting a van, um, do other stuff in the garden and make stuff. And, you know, um, and I always think, whether it's either are those things going to be just stay hobbies for me or can they actually be a thing where I can actually shift my work, my life more to not being on a computer um, mm. all the time. But yeah, kind of what maybe advice you might give people who are thinking to not, you know, yeah, shift to doing something more craft based or with the hands or just in nature. I don't know whether we're the best people to uh, ask for for advice. I think we're still figuring it out, you know, and I think you kind of always will be, I suppose. Yeah. I think that's maybe that's the first thing to accept is that maybe it's a, it's going to be a bit of a journey and you might not ever, might never get to the end of it. I don't know. But, but we started off like um, in front of computers as well. And then I think the way that we did it was incorporate the craft side of things into it quite gradually mm. so we were still designers but we were we started making things sort of as a side project I suppose and then just kept the two things going together yeah for a long time we did that and it wasn't easy no like, I think easy. I think some things that are difficult especially that you found difficult are balancing having the switching your brain between 
the the day job and the the job you want to do so like the outdoor work and the indoor work are very different parts of your brain that you're using and that's mm. quite hard and for a long time you had to keep the design going because that was our main source of income and so the shift it was gradual I'd say like it's been at least six years of like doing the both alongside each other and then one eventually has been able to outweigh the other and you and you're able to to go for it so it takes time and but I think you know if, if it's something you like doing it's about I think for you it's that you kind of find people around you that are trying to do the same thing so you've got people you can work with and then you make the connections it's very much about connections isn't yeah it? I think that's nice is that that would be definitely a good recommendation is to kind of build a network of people doing similar things because yeah. it can feel quite isolated when you go out and do this stuff on your own so it's nice to build a little network beforehand yeah. um yeah I guess just to think like really hard about whether that's whether you want to make the switch I don't think there's necessarily any harm in in having the two going you know I think yeah. that's quite a sensible thing actually because it can be very difficult to make a living from making things or from working in the woods it's quite a different it's a different lifestyle I think you have to sort of um you have to come to terms perhaps with the fact that you're not going to make very much money mm. and and be okay with that you know if you're okay with not earning very much money then that's quite it's quite a good lifestyle to to pursue um so I think yeah think very carefully yeah before you <laughs> before you do it I mean yeah. I would I would always encourage people to yeah to kind of to do the things that bring them closer to nature and um but yeah, maybe like with a word of caution that it, it can be quite difficult to make a living out of it and also to not lose the, the joy, I suppose, yeah. that you got from it in the first place. Yeah. I think as soon as you make something your job, it could be hard to hold on to that, you know, those feelings that you got from it when you first yeah. started. I found that it's better now, but I have found that a struggle at times, especially with making things. So when I started out, in green woodworking I just loved it because it was something that got me outside I was working with my hands I learned a lot about nature from it as well so just making things in the woods was how I learned most of the stuff that I know now about trees and plants and wildlife but when we started getting busy with it it became a bit of a slog so instead of making things for fun we'd have like an order uh, of like I don't know making 15 or 20 spoons and I would just be, I'd be whittling away. And it and it became, it felt just like any other job, mm. to be honest, you know. And I sort of lost the, lost the joy mm. a little bit. So I think that's, a, that's something, yeah, that I would recommend that people think about, mm. you know, before taking the plunge into making the thing that they like doing into their, into their work. Yeah, it reminds me, there's a guy that I follow, I think you've heard him called uh, Derek Sivers. Um, he's written a few books and, um, and it, in one of his most recent books, he says, the people that he knows that seems to be the happiest are the ones that have got a, got a job that they enjoy. It's not the highest passion, but they enjoy and it pays them pretty well. But then they also dedicate enough time to the passions and the hobbies yeah. and the passions and hobbies aren't, don't have to turn into an income. Because yeah. you know you've got that other thing there in place. But if one of them does take off, brilliant. But it's like you yeah. said, it's very tricky because something that you do as a passion, 
and then all of a sudden you're doing it for clients for orders it does naturally change it does yeah dynamic it does i mean i would never want to put anybody off from like you know from following that path or like pursuing their their dreams and i and i really do believe that your work should be something that you enjoy because we you know we have to spend a lot of time working so if you can find a job that you enjoy then I think that's what you should do but it's taken me a long time to figure out that balance so now I really enjoy the work that I do my sort of I guess like bread and butter work which is practical conservation work Mm -hmm. tree work woodland work um and then yeah I think the making things or and that side of things is sort of more of a I've scaled that back now so that I just make things that I that I like to make and we still you know we will sell them we still sell them and we will teach workshops and things like that but um I think yeah I think not trying to make that not trying to make that the main source of income yeah so I think like having a balance is really important but it can take a long time to figure that out though it's taken us a long time and I, and I think something that's ever evolving <laughs> i think it is it's always evolving yeah. is it? my mindset at the moment is not i don't ever want to just do one thing no. like full time yeah. i want to mix my time up with other stuff and other interests yeah because i think anything full time unless it's absolutely a dream um yeah. it's gonna have downsides so it's yeah. just like mixing up and keeping interested and in things um yeah, i think yeah. naturally being like a creative which you are and you know myself and you kind of sometimes you can get itchy feet or you can you know you you get excited about the latest idea and you want to charge after that but you have to rein yeah. it because it's often the issue with creatives is you've got too many ideas it's like well exactly yeah what's what do you dedicate your time to yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. so um would you say that you just naturally feel more resilient now and uh, you know, being in nature in the woods, you know, a bit more of a survival, you know, if, you know, that things go to pot type thing in the world, you know, you can, well, it's all right, you know, we, we can forage for food, we can, you know, we can get fresh water, spring water, or, you know, all the sorts of things that, you know, that people are probably worrying about during COVID particularly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is definitely an element of that. That yeah. that's not why we do it no, at all. Yeah, we're, think... we're not survivalists. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're not like building a bunker or anything like that. <laughs> but like it is. But I think, yeah. It's, it gives you confidence. There's, yeah. that, there's that difference between, I suppose, when we first started out in this and you you don't have that confidence after you've been doing it for a long time, you just feel very comfortable in those situation so you're not you don't have the fear of being lost or you know if something went wrong you would know how to handle it so yeah yeah, I think with with knowledge comes confidence yeah and a bit of power perhaps yeah 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 no definitely I think it it makes you feel quite resilient and I suppose also that just connection to nature as well makes you sort of feel a bit more resilient as a person as well like as an individual you know what I mean yeah I think so I think this is something we've really lost uh, you know in our society because even just a a couple of generations back our our, like you know grands and and they would have known about all the plants in the garden that they Mm. could use to make them feel better when they had a cold And, and these days we just don't have that anymore so those are the things that I I feel most kind of have given me confidence and and you know yeah uh that that kind of not survivalist but just being able to look to nature for help for things like that it's empowering 
yeah, yeah it is empowering yeah it's really empowering yeah. but it's such a shame that that only over a few generations has been has been lost because it yeah and it's only a small amount of knowledge really it's that, so that, easy yeah that it takes to get that empowerment i remember from yeah. when we were teaching workshops um which we don't do now but we would like to get going again but i remember just yeah sort of how life-changing it can be for people just to learn very simple skills you know like how to light the fire you know properly or how to just see nature as an ally rather than a threat I think you know something changes in people and suddenly they do feel empowered and and especially with making things as well I think you know just teaching someone to make something simple like a spoon using their own hands and a knife it's that's empowering as yeah. well isn't it it kind of gives you gives you back a little bit of of power you know yeah. I think now we're very sort of reliant on other people to do things for us or yeah. if something breaks you know people don't feel like they can fix it themselves um and just having a few practical skills like that it just it just teaches you that actually you can try stuff you know you can make stuff and it gives you the connection and back, it gives you the which connection is what I think yeah. is the thing that people have lost yeah so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're going to make a bit of a shift back to, you know, you look at the outside world, we're talking about jobs and stuff. I think it's something like 70 to 80% of people don't like the jobs. And mm. there's part of that massive about them that actually despise the jobs. Um, yeah. And, you know, it feels like we've gone so far away from our natural way of being and living in this digital world. You know, people are sicker or more anxious than they've ever kind of been if you look at how things but as you said the past two generations how obesity shotting up and you know i remember when I, I grew up in the 80s so i'd always be out yeah. like always out you know the street was full of kids and now there's we're, there's no kids there generally yeah, right. um you know over playing whatever my you know games or whatever or online and um it's kind of it's a challenge to try and navigate that now you've got a young son i've got a young daughter you're conscious yeah. of the world that they're coming into and you want to give them the best possible environment, but also understand that they're constantly going to be um, influenced all the time. But that's probably the challenge ahead of us. Um, yeah. for sure. But I think what you're doing and what many other people are doing is, as I say, getting back to our roots and trying to find a way of navigating this world and life, but we don't lose our mind from it. We are kept close to nature and the thing that you said about with nature, when you're in nature, whatever's going on around the world, once you immerse yourself in nature, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It doesn't it, you can wash it. It feels like it can wash you away. It's like quite yeah. very cleansing of mm -hmm. um, the challenges that can be going on. And it, obviously, you can turn on your news and think that the whole world's falling to pieces. But actually, if you go outside and you know the birds are still tweeting, the sun's still coming up, the wind's still blowing. The water's still running and they're, they're, the, they're the most fundamental things that we need for life. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, interesting one. Um, talking, touching on kids then. So how have you found you would have been in the woods when you would have had your son? How yeah. did you find that as a transition for you to becoming parents? Um, yeah. Well, that's quite interesting really, isn't it? Because I, I think, um, it was because we lived in the woods that we decided to have kids in the first place. It was sort of not something that I'd ever really wanted to do, but I think it was part of that connection to nature that that changed my way of thinking about that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah it was it was a great place to to bring up benji wasn't it it was yeah. uh yeah benji's middle name is silas which means son of the woods so he is uh amazing <laughs> he introduces himself as that he's son of the woods yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah that was i mean it was a magic experience wasn't it really like being yeah. able to bring him up in the woods and um yeah i think we were quite a long way along our journey then weren't we as far as nature connection goes and stuff like that and i think um yeah we were really keen to share that with him yeah um, it felt like a very natural thing and and he fitted into that life very easily um and yeah and that's not to say that it wasn't challenging and hard as it is it obviously is having a child but that definitely that having that space and having that outdoor access to to that on our doorstep like it was was so important i mean yeah that was where you know every day I could just walk out and he would go to sleep in the wood you know and we, we the, the amount of places he slept <laughs> in like Different mossy you know, logs yeah. that he slept on yeah. he was just so content yeah and I do think you know there were a lot of things that that it affected him um you know like he was very resilient in terms of not picking up bugs um you know like he 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 gets over colds really quickly <laughs> those sorts of things that you could you know it's anecdotal that, that that's what it is but I do feel like it just had a a big impact on on his uh just everything really yeah. he 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 is definitely son of the woods and it's funny how now having left the woods and come and lived up here and see him adapt to a new environment but just love it and just you know just be in this wilder place and he's you know he he's he's it's changed again for him hasn't it and now he just like you know he's climbing up boulders and 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 he's so comfortable in the outdoors and it's just you know it, it was I think it's a yeah it's one of like you're saying about you know kids now and and, and the access and it's, it's about access isn't it you know we were very fortunate to be living where we were it's not the sort of thing that people <laughs> you know like we've always said this like we we lucked into that place it wasn't the sort of place that we ever could have usually afforded to live it's like you know that it just happened that we found it yeah we got lucky. we got lucky and yeah. he had that experience and we feel incredibly grateful and fortunate that that happened yeah um and it makes me sad that it's not available for all kids you know like everybody can't have that mm. start in life you can't you know you can't all be doing that because the access isn't there for so many people so you know that is a that is something that bothers me a lot yeah yeah no definitely yeah I think it's it feels like the kind of the, the right way to bring up kids but yeah it's yeah it's not available for a lot of people so that that is definitely sad but um but yeah for us it was it was really good but yeah like you say that doesn't mean that there there hasn't been a lot of challenges as well with that but um and then actually moving up here has been quite interesting with him hasn't it because I I think we always want to make sure that that stays a part of him that he was brought up in nature and I, I feel like since we've moved up here although we're spending a lot of time in nature it's different it's a different landscape mm. so we're not in the woods so much anymore and um yeah it, it feels like a bit of a bit more of a bit more of a struggle I suppose to keep him to keep reminding him that that's sort of where he's from, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> now he's six and he's at school. There's a lot of like other influences that are coming into his life. And we don't want him to to be too isolated from, from other people. 
Um, it's that balance again, that isn't balance. it? As with yeah. everything, like you ha- you do have to fit into society. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's not fair on him. Yeah. So you know, we have to let some things go because he needs to have both. So it's about again, it's a whole as with you know everything with parenting. It's about you know evolution all the time and, and mm. adapting to new phases and figuring it out. And you never know if you're doing it right, and you just hope that. <laughs> You yeah. know, you are doing something right and it's going to be beneficial and you know he's a happy kid so that's that's all you can hope yeah. for isn't it but when he was when you know growing up we were always keen to teach him about the stuff that we knew so he he had like a surprisingly good level of um, knowledge about like plants and mushrooms and stuff when he was like sort of four yeah and so you know he, he could tell you what most flowers were yeah. But since we moved up here, he's actually he's forgetting some of that stuff, and yeah, he's more likely to maybe tell you about Lego. Tell you about Lego, or I don't know, yeah, something which is which is fine. But there's definitely like a bit of um, yeah, that that's a bit of a struggle, I suppose, for yeah, us. Again, more for me, more for us. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You do, you just have to take a step back sometimes and yeah. try and control everything. No, that's right. So well. I just want him to be like this little nature boy, but. On the other hand, I also want him to be able to fit into society because he's going to have to, you know. So that can't be fully feral. Can't be fully feral. No. So it's definitely, yeah. There's definitely a bit of tension there, isn't yeah. there? Like between those two, I think, especially as he gets older. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance, isn't it? Because um, there's a guy I follow. He's over in America. It's called Michael Singer, and um, he he basically set up the spiritual community. It's called the Temple of the Universe in Florida. And he'd have likes of Ram Das come speaking and all these different people that come over the years. And he couldn't have basically lived more of a spiritual existence. And then he had a daughter and his daughter's kind of trajectory's just gone. Even though she grew up in that environment, she's gone out into the world, working, married, kids, living in a more conventional way of being. So it's tricky, isn't it? Because we've got a, I'm the same with my daughter. I'm kind of thinking, you know, how's she going to be? And you want to kind of, I don't, yeah, influence and guide, um, mm-hmm. but eventually at some point they're, they're their own person, aren't they? And they're going to make their own choices. Yeah, this is it. All you can do is is be yourself with them and, in, like, yeah. and you know, show them the things that you, you love and that are important to you and then let them go with it yeah. because they are humans of their own, exactly. you know. I think uh, you've got to give them a good foundation, yes. you know, which yeah. they just had a good foundation in, yeah. in nature. And I, I hope that will always be part of, of who he is but yeah if you if you want to grow up and get a job in finance or yeah. whatever then fine <laughs> i guess that's all that when we're older <laughs> maybe he can buy us a house in the woods when he can buy you the woodland yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny how these things will work out yeah uh, i think you're definitely getting the things right i think it's gabor mate speaks about how if you get the first three years right well yeah life, then you know, um, then it sounds like you've definitely got the first few years, right? If not the first six. So I know yeah. a lot of things tend to change between like three and seven. They kind of start That's to develop right. a bit of a personality. Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, if you can give them the right place for the first few years and stuff, you're certainly giving them the right um, foot in for in the future in many yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, 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 have, like, I actually took my daughter to a forest school this morning. Um, it was actually the first time we went. Um, she's just getting to that age now where she can probably start to get stuck in and be making all the mud and rolling around with all the animals a little bit. Um, and in many ways, for some people who might not live in the woods or about yourself or be so close to nature, there's still that option now where forest schools are becoming much more popular. Yeah. You can take your kids. Like it was cold this morning, but it was lovely. There's loads of little kids there. We spent two hours 
outdoors um and it's just a way of yeah because like you say sometimes she's at home and she, if she gets home she gets a bit frustrated and sometimes she's like wait i want to watch pepper i'm like no you know <laughs> <laughs> watch <laughs> come on we're going outside yeah, yes no, exactly absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, I think that's really interesting. I think those first three preschool, basically, there's a lot of provision like that. And there, there, there is. And then when they get into actual school, that's when things feel a little bit different mm. and a little bit more out of your control as parents. So it's it's, it's about trying to find that balance then, because, the, you know, the, the way the national curriculum is and, and the way schools are, there's it's harder for them to provide that kind of outdoor yeah. Uh, access and obviously then it's up to you to be doing that at the weekends and stuff so if it does get more tricky I think and yeah. so like you say once they're sort of five six at seven they, they, that's the age where these things it's yeah it feels a little bit harder so yeah yeah I think we always thought we'd homeschool Benji but it just never worked out it's a difficult thing to do with jobs and yeah both being self-employed yeah and again yeah. with like you need the right community around you so it's um but but yeah I, I yeah if I'm entirely honest I, I wouldn't have him in the school system but it's what we've got so yeah it's a tr it's a real tricky balance isn't it because um yeah it becomes basically yeah I've got I had someone on the podcast of permaculture designers and they homeschool the homeschool their daughter and she used to be a teacher so how it kind of worked for them is they built up a community of people who were homeschooling and yeah. she would take in about five or six of the kids yeah. and then their mums and dads would be paying her to do it in that way. So, but obviously she was, she was a teacher, so it kind of transitioned quite well for them. And I think how she would do it some days on a Monday, she'd spend it with her grandparents and be cooking and spending time outside. But yeah, it's a tricky one. And also something that I'm interested in actually is doing it because you can do it part-time. Your kids That's don't fine. have to go in yeah. full-time, do you? Um, yeah i don't know how that would fully sometimes like my wife was saying well you know what if um you know the kids would want to want to be in on those days or it's a tricky one isn't it to do i think to do party time i don't know fully how it would work but yeah. i guess yeah it is uh, and you just have to yeah once you get once they get to that point and you've got to make the decision it, it you know you just go with it and hope that it's that it's that it's work going to work out and you know he's in a lovely school here it's a little uh, village school so there's only about 50 kids in the entire school so that I feel is beneficial in lots of ways because it's much more of a kind of you know like they all mingle all the different ages and stuff which is nice but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, no getting around it. <laughs> no. And then, yeah, I guess we just do what we can now to sort of, um, you know, every weekend we just try to to be out and about doing stuff. And and I, I think especially with Benji, it's about like keeping it fun mm. as well and not pushing him too much to do stuff that he doesn't want to do. And um, yeah, just, just keeping it exciting. Yeah. So we do lots of small adventures, you know, lots of uh yeah just like lots of eating our lunches out and um yeah and going for swims in the river and in tarns and and stuff like that so yeah just doing what we can and then you know we we like to keep the knowledge thing going as well um just keep keep just sharing stuff with them i suppose yeah. about what we know rather than quizzing him on it just sort of just keep pointing stuff out and telling him what stuff is and hope that he he takes it in and yeah but you've seen some of your adventures i got your email this morning and um, seeing a little adventure you went on last weekend um if anyone's uh, listeners you got to check out the photography as well i've got these guys can take some beautiful thank you photography um yeah, 
that's, and, that's kind of easy to say yeah yeah that's something that we're hoping to do a bit more work of actually mm. get a bit more photography work now we've moved up here um so we sort of I guess like restructured what we're doing a little bit with miscellaneous adventures so we were doing illustration and design stuff but we're sort of uh gonna let that go a little bit and focus more on photography because i think it fits a little bit better in with the rest of the stuff that we're doing so um yeah and you've got the landscape for it yeah exactly. yeah well exactly yeah 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 and I, I, that's one of the reasons why we moved up here at, going back to benji as well was i think i think we felt like we had not fallen out of love with the woods because I think they'll always be important to us but I think we we'd lost a bit of the joy and enthusiasm for spending time outside um maybe because we'd just done it for such a long time so I think like what we want to share with Benji is that like joy that you get from being outside you know and that enthusiasm um think... so like coming up here to a new landscape yeah. has, has got us more excited about spending time outdoors and then I think it's easier to pass you know to share that that feeling with you with your kids if if you're genuinely excited yeah. about it yeah. um, I think it was the the wider yeah landscape the bigger landscape that we were in in Sussex but we, yeah. we, we'd kind of we were bored of it weren't we you know the yeah. woods were always our little bubble of of, of home yeah. that we loved but outside of that it was difficult to be share yeah sharing like those bigger things with Benji so this has been great to like yeah open up yes yeah and it's also amazing what they can do as well. I think like just watching Benji yeah. develop as well, you know, like his skill level yeah. and stuff. It's sort of, yeah, he, he's really sort of adapted very well to the landscape up here. Like when we first moved up, it was, um, yeah, he's got like tired legs and he was a bit sort of unstable on his feet. But not long after that, he's, yeah, he's like clambering over boulders and jumping over streams and all terrifying. that sort of stuff. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying, but yeah. That's but the bit yeah. of surrender's got to come in, hasn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time I want to say, be careful, I have to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's tricky, isn't it? Because it, it sometimes it only takes one, you know, one slip, doesn't it? And then, yeah. You know, but yeah, that's how they work out, work out, don't they? They find, yeah, that's right. Grow yeah. and learn, but it's yeah. not, it's not easy because you have flesh and blood and they're the most precious thing in the world to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before I had kids, I thought I would be, I'd like, I was, I think I was much more, I was more laid back. And then once we've had Stella, you know, you just, yeah, you realize that they're under your supervision and your guidance and your responsibility for quite a few years, especially when they're very little. And yeah. you just think, oh, if anything happens, you know, it's on me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's part of it's part of the initiation, I think, of going into parenthood, isn't it? Of um allowing them to to learn and grow. Because if not, then we'll just create a bunch of kids that are um not willing to take risks and chances in life and grow and have adventures and yeah. explore. Um yeah. yeah. And they're very so, resilient and, and capable if you give them that that space. I mean, well Benji has been anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. I never want to speak on behalf of other parents because I know that everybody has you know yeah. everyone's experience is totally different yeah. but yeah that's how it's been with us so. yeah exactly isn't it we're all, we're all based off our own experiences and yeah. life and what's happened to us and it's going to influence us um and stuff talking about some adventures then I noticed you've got a van um do yeah. you manage to get out on that and does Benji enjoy um having little van van life adventures yeah he loves it yeah so this is our second van that we've had yeah um this one's yeah I really like this one um but yeah he he really likes it uh, I think like for us the van is really good for like just small adventures it turns something 
it, it turns like what could be quite ordinary into something more of an adventure. Well, it? you so know, like, when you have a grey day and there's, yeah. you feel like there's anything to do, we can just get in the van, go and get chips somewhere and look at a big landscape and not have to get out. So you've got that little, you know, home on wheels that you can take out into the mountains yeah, and yeah. have that. So, you you know, it is, you, it is, it's coming to its own up here, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been it's really great. Been, yeah. um, it's been great. We we only really use it at the weekends as a as a kind of adventure vehicle when yeah. when we want to get out and do something fun. But also for camping and stuff, it's great. It's not really a, a van to sleep in, so we usually have a tent up next to it because it's not quite big enough. So it's kind of like a day van, really. And we have all slept in it. We have. It's a bit tight. We went to Scotland last year yeah. for two weeks, and it rained every day. So we spent a lot of time together in the van, the three of us sleeping top to tail in this in the back of the van, and yeah. I don't think we'll ever do that again. No, talking about parenting challenges, that was probably our most challenging <laughs> two weeks of parenting. Trip. It was horrific, but yeah. <laughs> but having the van, yeah, was a lifesaver in that, yeah. in that time. Like it was, it, it did make things yeah. more fun. And yeah, so it's great. It's good fun. It is, it is like Andrew touched on just before we started. It is, you know, it's a constant upkeep of a van. It's not easy. And I think, yeah, there are times where you're like, oh, we should just sell it and get something more normal. But I don't think we ever can. It's yeah, J- yeah, I don't know whether whether if you've seen the van, it, it's a 1996 Mitsubishi Delica L300. So yeah, it's like 20, I don't know, maybe it's 25 years old or something. So it's got a few bumps and imported from Japan. So it's and, yeah, it's, a, yeah. It's, there's not many of them. So if things go wrong, there aren't many. You can't get parts and stuff. So it's, it's yeah. a bit of a... It's been a fun project. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I touched on it before we started. I think yeah, I've been doing my own van up for the past year or so yeah. and got away in it to we had to get a trip in it. I was like adamant we had to go away in September last year before the weather started to turn because yeah. I can't spend all that time in it. Yeah, meant a little trip over to North Wales and um and our daughter, like you talk about with kids, they're, they're so adaptable to anything. It tends to be to us, the adults that find things yeah, challenging. Yeah. They'll just go along with anything and everything. Um yeah. in many ways. And she absolutely loves it. She calls it the Yaya. So um <laughs> we go on the Yaya this weekend and stuff. Um yeah. and yeah, real, real fun. And I think um that's probably been as you touched on before about that's what's enabled me to be able to work with my hands and mm. a passion project to yeah. do something I've not done before all with the help of YouTube basically yeah. and other people you know that's the amazing thing now you can yeah. teach yourself pretty as long as you feel like you're pretty comfortable holding a tool or you know you've got a good eye for detail yeah. it's amazing what you can do and you really surprise yourself with what you can Absolutely. do you can look at yourself yeah. in the space of a day and go wow did I just make that yeah like yeah. where did that it's almost like where did that come from like yeah yeah that's you know? a great feeling that having made something and yeah. yeah being proud of it at the end of the day is yeah I think and then getting to use it and then getting to yeah. use it yeah I think that's why I make stuff it's that feeling afterwards and yeah like you say sometimes you make something and you can't believe that you actually did it you know <laughs> things it's great yeah yeah, it's a good feeling. I remember doing it sometimes. I get up in the morning uh, the following day and I go want to go out and have a look at it, see what you know. Yeah, mind. yeah. Mind you, as a little kid when I used to get toys and then the following yeah. day I wanted to come down and see my toys again because right, my new yeah. toys. Yeah. Um, same thing. Denji's like that now. If you make something good with Lego, he puts it on his bedside table yeah. so that when he wakes up in the morning, it's there. And like, uh, yeah, I can totally relate to that feeling. Yeah. Because those those things don't go away from us, do I think no, that's. I think what I love about talking about kids and stuff is I feel there's so much to us to learn from our kids than the other way around. Like I've learned more in two, just over two years being a father 
than I have in the previous 40 years. And she's always encouraging me to have play and fun and be creative. And sometimes life can become more super too serious at times. We've, we've forgotten what it means like to have fun and be that childlike wonder. Yeah. It almost gets beaten out of you somewhat, I think, because you, yeah. you know, what are you going to do when you get older? And you're almost taught to project yourself into the future rather than actually be in the present. And our little one is always in the present moment um for however long until she goes a bit older and then she'll be thinking about stuff but yeah exactly no i think that's true i think that's one of the things that that uh we had well i had definitely when we had benji was it i think you as adults we tend to forget that we were once kids as well mm -hmm. we sort of distance ourselves from from that you know and I, th I think yeah when we had benji it just reminded me that i was like that at one point you know and i, I guess you know, still am, still am that same person. So it kind of, yeah, having kids is is sort of really life changing from yeah. uh, from that perspective. In and it changes how you view yourself. I think yeah, it helps helps keep you young. Well, I don't know. Depends on the day. It makes you feel old as well. But yeah. Oh, oh, definitely makes you feel old. I must admit, it's the best thing in the world for me. But it's also been the most challenging thing for Absolutely. me. Like yeah. our little one was, um, she's still likes to last night she came in with us at 4 a.m and then she was awake till 6 30 which means i was awake till 6 30 with her so um sometimes she'll sleep through other times she's not she's in and out and then um but she's so cute that you can't be angry with her at no, all. that's it yeah but it's still like sometimes like i'm like honestly stella i've got i've got a few things to do today i could really do <laughs> these at least getting seven hours would be great yeah um, yeah. But yeah, it's part of um, it's part of the uh, the just yeah the way it is. I think no one really, not nothing could really prepared me for being a father. I was forty when I became a dad, so I was a bit older, mm -hmm. and nothing in the world could have possibly prepared me. I was like, why? I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me it was going to be this hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I think I think the one thing that nobody ever prepared me for was how hard it was going to be emotionally. I suppose, like, I guess I knew maybe. I knew that there'd be like sleepless nights and, you know, I knew I'd be worried and stuff like that about his health and stuff. But I think I wasn't prepared for how much it was going to affect me emotionally. Mm. I think like it changed the way that I thought about everything. I suppose in a way it's very similar to the the feeling that we had when we sort of like discovered nature, you know, it was like really life changing. It changed like how I thought about everything. And I had a very similar experience with Benji uh, as well. Like it changed how I thought about myself. It changed how I thought about my parents. You know, I could see I could see my parents in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just yeah. I don't think anybody prepares you for that sort of stuff. I don't think they should because nobody would do it. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you can't. You can't. I I do think that maybe like particularly for dads I feel like there's not enough of a net like we don't we're not very good at talk talking about it. it you know that sort of emotional side of things I think it's important that that you're yeah that it's okay to talk about that sort of yeah. stuff you know so like I've never cried as much before <laughs> you know I I I after since having Benji yeah just I, I'll cry all the time now I never I never used to before so yeah I think it's nobody prepares you for that that side of things so yeah it's cracked you wide open yeah, yeah it totally does yeah it's yeah. true that though about in terms of um i think there's a little bit more of a trend happening but um, yeah generally men would not over historically would not talk about the feelings would just yeah. bottle it up get on 
yeah. you got to be strong. Um, and I think we have to be strong in many ways, but also yeah. we've also got to be open and be vulnerable and express yeah. ourselves in that way. Because when you do, you suddenly take the weight off. Someone, when I hear someone express themselves and being vulnerable, how challenging it is, you suddenly feel your own self soften because you realize, mm. oh, they're going for that as well. Yeah. They find that challenging because... Um, I see loads of dads who will be walking the kids to school and I'm looking at them thinking, you look absolutely destroyed. You know, <laughs> look, you really look like life is really, you know, beating you down. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, you just want to go give them a hug and just say, yeah, you know, it's, right. it's all right. We know, you know, how you're feeling. Yeah, but yeah. I think so many people, and it goes back to just the way we live. I think that's probably another challenge and people maybe find it more challenging now to have children than maybe it would have been historically is because the way we live and we're so everything's so fast paced and being out in the world and you've got all the pressures of bills and all sorts of crazy stuff that um, to suddenly then try and integrate permanenthood into that as well can suddenly just make things bubble over because it's mm. like so much to try and try and do all, all of a sudden, you know, I spend about an hour each night tidying the house. Once Stella's gone, gone up, I'm, you know, I'm basically, she dismantles the house throughout the day and then I put it back together at night, you know, and then it starts again over. All of a sudden, the tasks that you've suddenly got, which um, are, you know, endless now compared to what they used to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. More more hugs, I think, is the answer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the best. She gives the best hugs. No, it's the best thing in the world. Um, so moving forward in terms of you, so it sounds like you got a bit of a transition, um, you know, you're going to be doing new things and stuff like that. Cause, um, I always really like the idea, obviously we were too far away cause you were down in Sussex at the time, but you know, those workshops that you do, was it like weekend workshops and you'd have people, I don't know if you'd be camping there or doing whatever stuff and just that connection with nature. Do you have any, you said you touched on it, but any kind of thoughts, plans maybe in this year, 2023 to, get some of them because the Lake District, what a what a location that is. You can really yeah, you know, attract yeah, people well, there, no problem. We've only been here for a year, so I guess we're sort of still figuring out the landscape and stuff ourselves. I think when we were in the woods before, we felt very confident in teaching people about the landscape there because we knew it so well. Um, and I think we're still figuring out yeah, the landscape up them. here and, and how it, you know, how it looks the way it looks and what species grow here and what you can do with the, the things that grow here and stuff so we're still learning all that sort of stuff um and i think yeah we're, we're definitely we're definitely like gone through a bit of a transition i suppose as to the kind of skills that we feel like we could teach now yes i think um so our workshops before we did a lot of wood carving um and i don't know whether we would do that now i think there would be probably more nature connection based yeah including those kinds of skills but they maybe yeah. slightly less um focused on on wood carving but yeah, yeah. we're still figuring it out and we're, we're talking with other people up here about it so yeah hopefully fingers crossed we'll get something going this year but we'd love to but yeah i, I think like teaching and and just meeting loads of interesting people mm. uh, has been it's been a really good thing to do to teach the workshops so we'd definitely like to get them back up and running again but I like to make sure that I'm really confident before teaching somebody. Yeah. So I think we've got to just yeah. we've got to figure out figure all that out first. But yeah, I think we'd like to do. Um, yeah, I think the workshops that we like to teach now are perhaps like more like guided walks and things like that. Perhaps like helping people to yes. see the landscape differently um, rather than perhaps learning something practical. Not sure. We'll figure it out. Watch this. Yeah. It'll come. 
Okay. Yeah. There's no is there really? It's no rush to stuff. I think, and your skills are changing as well, aren't they? So you're now more into like foraging and ethnobotany and stuff. And I think that's something that we'd like to bring into it, which we didn't do before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but definitely we'd like to get back into it. Yeah. So if not this year, then then next. And do you think you'll stay in the lakes? Certainly for now. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're very happy that we made the move, definitely, mm. yeah. It's a few miles away, isn't it? You must have travelled a few hundred miles from Sussex, was it, yeah, to get up to the lakes? Yeah, yeah that is... Um, 300, I think. Yeah, 300 <laughs> odd miles. So, yeah, that is, a pro- like, I suppose it's one of the, ne- the negatives, isn't it? So all our family yes. uh, and friends are, are back down south. So, yeah, that's um, been the hardest part. That's but, been hard. Um, it, they are also, it's been really lovely to last year to have them come up here and stay and show them this new place and and share new things with them. So you know there there are there are pros and cons always, and um, yeah, that one that one is the hardest. But um, yeah, we're we're kind of figuring out that yeah, quality we, time over lots of time. You know. Yeah, yeah. And we also left behind our childcare yeah. network. So yeah, that's uh, that's a negative. <laughs> yeah what about in terms of community then um up in the lakes you touched on a bit before have you been able to build that sense of community and new friends and so forth yeah, yeah. we've been lucky i mean we 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 had a couple of friends up here already and it's been really nice to to reconnect with them and see them more often um and obviously benji's in the school here so there's there's that gets you into the to a small community quite quickly you get to meet people yeah. um it is a very small rural community here. It's lots of little farms that are kind of dotted all over the place. It's not, um, it's not like a street or you know, like it's quite fractured, isn't it? A little mm. bit. But you, you sort of, it's it takes time. You kind of have to. But so I guess in a year, we're where we'd hope to be. We've got some mm. friends locally, um, and like through your work, you met a lot of people. Yeah, and luckily through woodworking yeah. and through the stuff that we do at Miscellaneous Adventures, we've been able to sort of meet uh like-minded people i suppose yeah. there's a really nice community sort of around the south lakes of woodworkers and uh yeah people into woodland stuff so um yeah i've been lucky in that i've been able to meet a lot of people involved in that um so i'm working in conservation now i'm working in coppicing um and so i've met a lot of people through that so yeah it's there's actually uh, a really nice community up here i think it's we've been surprised actually like how yeah. Yeah, yeah how not how easy but how quickly we've been able to to sort of meet people yeah it's that. been very welcoming it's, yeah, it's very, always nice i think yeah it, yeah it i don't want to say anything much about the north and south but there is a difference definitely <laughs> so yeah it's been it has been very um yeah, found it very much friendly. easier than yeah. I think we thought it was going to be to make that transition yeah. which is a nice surprise I guess yeah, yeah. is it colder traveling 300 miles up or it's wetter oh, <laughs> yeah but we knew that I grew up in Manchester so I was prepared for the wet oh yeah Manchester yeah Rangers, yeah. So, yeah, yeah yeah so <laughs> I was there till I was about 15 so I was I, I knew but um it's actually it's I say it's been wetter. We were very lucky last year. We had one of those like it was a really nice summer, wasn't it? So we it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. So I think the thing is is it's colder and wetter up here when it's cold and wet, but when it's sunny, it's like it's absolutely glorious, you know. So that's snowy, you know. That's the trade off, I think. Yeah. 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 So have you spotted you found any hidden gems up there that you could share with the the listeners? (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to stay hidden. 
But I think earlier, like this, we didn't know this area at all. It was just that we had, Andrew had his job. We had a weekend to find somewhere to live and we found this place um, because we went and it was like basically the only property that seemed to be available in the Lake District. And we managed to bag it. I I don't know how. It was very lucky, that that whole thing, wasn't it? Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think so. It's, although it's not like it's not a hidden gem, but like this area yes. of the Lake District up up here on the west coast is, is was yeah, it's kind of that was a surprise for us, wasn't it? Yeah. So there's loads of stuff around here, yeah. just yeah, that we're into. Lots of little places, and it's a bit quieter than some of the other bits of the lake. It's less touristy because it's so, harder to get to. It's much yeah. further. Yeah. So it's um, it wasn't so bad in the summer because we were kind of fully prepared for this. Like, oh, it's going to be so random in the summer, but it was actually yeah. not so bad over here. And we've kind no. of found our little. But don't tell everybody. Local bits in there. Yeah. Okay, I'll cut this bit out so you don't <laughs> get people to move to the west. Uh, so you do a bit of so many photos. I'm, I'm keen on it myself doing some wild swimming. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't. It's for me. It's the one of the most invigorating, refreshing things you could possibly do, especially when it's cold. And yeah. what a reset to the body. I know Wim Hof's yeah. become very popular over the past few years. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. That's been that was interesting for us. I, I, I don't know whether it's something that we planned on getting into, but when I when I started my job up here um my I had like a assistant um not assistant apprentice uh and yeah she was into into swimming and she persuaded me to go in in March when it was properly cold like it was frosty in the morning and yeah um that was the first time that I'd done it in the cold and yeah I was surprised I surprised myself basically that I was able to do it. I I was sort of expecting to die, and then, but actually I didn't, you know. <laughs> and so I think uh, I was really grateful to her for giving me like the confidence I suppose to do it. I don't know whether I would have done it on my own, like, but but having that sort of mentor I suppose to show me how to guide me through it. And then after that, it was, yeah, it's quite addictive, I suppose. It's sort of, yeah. um, I yeah. think we were a bit cynical about it before. We know? were a bit Because like you say, it was, it. it was a bit, you know, wild think... swimming and, you know, you're kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. But it, actually, they're yeah. onto something. They're onto something <laughs> there, yeah. But yeah, so we've been, we have, well, we're running out of time now, but we've been in every month since we moved, haven't we? Yeah. But we haven't been in this month no. yet, so we've got three days <laughs> to get in there. <laughs> January is a tough month. It is oh, a tough month. Yeah. It's been a, it's been cold. It's been yeah. wet at times. Not, not it's been not nice. No, no. No. Do you do you do a wetsuit then when it's like this cold or would you just no? no? Yeah, we I would I mean swimming's definitely not really a good description no. of what we do. Just dip, the dip. Just yeah. get it in the dip and then get out. But yeah. I think what for us, well for me especially, I don't know. I think when we when we lived in the woods, we had like this real strong connection to the land and I think from moving up here I think we we didn't know where we'd find that I suppose but like getting in the water is is yeah I think we find a very similar connection there I suppose because it's a very raw feeling you know you're you're very exposed when you're you're actually very physically connected to the landscape you know you're almost naked um, and you can feel the the elements yeah. you know so, so you get this very strong connection yeah. to the landscape I think so that was yeah I really like that side of it I particularly like getting in rivers and stuff because I like the feeling of moving water I like the kind of energy I suppose you know um I really like that 
You're a surfer. You're a well, I was, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Um, and then I think also we found that it could turn something sort of mundane into something a bit more magical, you know, so you could go from, on like what would be just a short hike, but you take your swimming stuff and you have a little dip. Mm. And yeah, it was, it was a, became like a lot more transformative, I suppose, than than you than the, than your walk would have been otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I like it. It's great. Yeah, so Benji loves it. Benji loves it, but obviously he can't go in in the winter. But yeah, Benji was, loves it. Yeah. He was getting in until about September, and he was he has a wetsuit, and so he gets in in his wetsuit with a little life jacket on, and he just goes rushing in the um the little rapidy bits in the river. Put him in the rapids. Yeah. One of us one of us goes up one end, and the other down the other. And we put him in, and he just floats down the river, and you have to try and catch him at the other end. <laughs> fish yeah, him out. Loves, yeah, yeah, fish him out. Yeah. So that I mean that's been that was really great for us, wasn't it? Um, to find out that we've got a nice river spot nearby yeah. and stuff. So yeah, we spend a lot of time there in the summer. Um, so, yeah. I'm wondering whether there's any. Um, I've been watching this guy, Drew Sims. His name is on YouTube. He basically goes and does like winter camping trips, and he takes mm. his drone. He just you know it's so peaceful watching him do it. But he went to a place in Idaho. And the water was freezing. It was like minus 17, but there was hot springs. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And I'm trying to wonder, is there any hot, maybe you won't tell us because that'd be like a secret place, but is, is there any hot springs up in the lakes? No, no definitely not. They're all freezing. No, it's all just freezing cold. Yeah, yeah but that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there are any hot, they're, they're no. the landscape. No, no. But I, yeah, I do, quite, I do quite like the cold though, actually. It's sort of something invigorating about the, yeah. about the cold, you know. You do have to do it right, though. You have to do it right. Yeah. 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 At the moment, I haven't done any wild swimming cold at the moment, but I will. I'll do my best. Have a two minute cold. I finish with a two minute cold shower. Yeah. Shower, you know. Sometimes like, you know, but it's um at least that's giving me a bit of a refresh because I think even if you spend about a minute in cold water, it can help to reset your nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely interested in like the you know the medical benefits but for me it's really just about that connection to the landscape i suppose it's just about doing something that makes you feel closer to nature and if there's like a medical benefit then that's great but i think yeah more important is just that yeah just that connection to the to nature and I think generally that helps with your with your mental health anyway though doesn't it like that's that's part of it yeah 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 yeah, it's just like an added boost, isn't it, if you're going in the water as well. Particularly when you, I think, what I find as well being in the water is it almost because it's so cold, you're not thinking about anything else. You know, Well, exactly. Yeah, you're, yeah that's You're right. not going to be thinking about, oh, what am I having for tea tonight or no, worrying right. about that deadline or anything like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's just, it's, yeah, it takes over. Yeah. Well, you're in the moment, aren't you? Yeah. You're, you know, like we were saying with kids being in, in the present and yeah, you're forced to live in the moment mm-hmm. when you're in the cold water. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Well, you know what? I think, I think that's a good way to um, kind of wrap wrap up the chat. If um, people are interested, you've got a podcast as well, but if people are interested in checking out your work, um, where's the best way people can find out about you? Well, we've got a website, which is miscellaneousadventures.co.uk we're also on instagram um, misc underscore adventures and then yeah through our website you could probably find that we're on substack as well which is where our podcast is hosted yeah um, and we're sending out a weekly we're sending newsletter out from there yeah we're trying our best to send out a weekly 
newsletter. So that's sort of a bit of a challenge that we've set ourselves really just to get into the habit of writing a bit more. I think, um, yeah, since we moved up here, we got out of the habit a little bit. So we set ourselves this like challenge of writing a weekly newsletter. So yeah, you can subscribe to that. And that's where we're posting about our adventures. Yeah. And, um, and that's where we'll also put out information about workshops and what's going on on our store and stuff like that. So yeah. Excellent. Well, it's been fun and a pleasure to chat with you today. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. To uh, hear about your time in the woods and now up in the lakes. And um, yeah. interesting to see woods, then lakes. I wonder where you go after the woods and the lakes. You yeah, can... I don't know. Woods next to a lake would be <laughs> ideal, really. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed chatting with you, Andrew and Emma. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Okay, guys, another episode wrapped up. Speaking with Andrew and Emma from Miscellaneous Adventures. I really um, enjoyed that conversation. It just felt for me very free-flowing and natural. Um, obviously got a few things that were similar mindset for stuff. Um, I don't live in the woods. I don't love, live on the lakes. I do long for a life of a little bit more connected to nature, a bit more in tune with our, um, as I said, our way of being to a um, bit of a reset. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, I'll include the show notes this on um, this episode on the uh, on my website. And um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with a friend. If you're listening to it to on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review. It will help just to you know get the word out a little bit more on these conversations that I'm having. So anyway, until next time, have a good one.